Hi, this is D'Angelo Isle, and you're listening to the Quantum Leap Podcast. Welcome to the Quantum Leap Podcast, everyone. I'm Christopher DeFilippis, bringing you the latest in our series of interview redo specials featuring the interviews we did with the cast and crew of the Quantum Leap Revival series throughout Season 1, most of which appeared only on our YouTube channel. We are at Episode 15, Ben's Song for the Defense, where Ben plays a beleaguered public defender trying to juggle multiple cases while exonerating an innocent young man from murder charges. And this is a perfect example of why I love doing these retrospective shows. This episode had a lot of moving parts. I mean, there was a ton going on. And thanks to the hard work of Albie and Matt, we nabbed interviews with guest cast involved in each storyline. So first, you're going to hear Albie's chat with Edward Gelhouse, who plays biker Stuart Johnson. Then I interview Nate Walker who took a comedic turn as Tyler Hamlin in the episode. Albie is back at it with Tina DeMarco, who plays Grandma Layla, and we wrap things up with Matt's interview with main guest star Deandra Lyle, who plays ADA Vicky Davis and who is also Ben's love interest. Ooh, Shout out to our producers. Come on, you know their names. Say them with me. Harold Sullivan, Glenda Palma, Chris, a.k.a. Brackmang, Mike Covert, Jeff Kiska, Craig Riedler, Cosplay Dad, Charles Allen Gossard, and Morgan Felden. Go to patreon.com slash Podcast to learn more about how you can support the show. Now, all rise. Time to get this podcast started. Hello, and welcome back to the Quantum Leap Podcast. I'm Albie, and today I'm so excited to have Edward Gelhouse with us. You might remember him as Stuart, the biker from this week's episode. Uh, how you doing, Ed? Can I call you Ed? I'm hey, fantastic. I, I don't know. Anything kind of you big. want, I don't they want call to say me. <laughs> no, they call me. <laughs> they call me all of the above. Eddie, Edward, uh, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, we're so excited that you are joining us this week. Uh, uh, the show host and I um, all together, we were like commenting about the episode, and we just loved your part. Um, it, it's not the biggest part in the episode, but it's an important part of the episode. And you in it, you kind of stole all the scenes you were in. Um, both like dramatically in, in the one scene about the, uh, going on the biker biker ride and then the, then the final like, uh, culmination of the episode. So, uh, yeah. I want to talk all about that, but first I want to get to know you. So, uh, can we, uh, can you tell me a little bit about how you got started in acting and, uh, like you, what made you want to be an actor? Well, for sure. Yeah. I'm actually from a small town of 900 people in Wisconsin, um, so uh, I was always into acting ever since I was young. Um, I actually went to school for randomly, even though I don't play these type of characters, a musical theater. Uh, and mm. I did a whole bunch of touring shows uh, in musical theater. Uh, I did the Vegas circuit for a while. Um, I, train, I got to train with some amazing people at Cirque du Soleil. And then, uh, then I came out to LA and uh, decided to switch into the TV and film industry. And you kind of, when, when you're in a career of being in the arts, you kind of grab and pivot and pivot and pivot and pivot, and you kind of just keep on going. Um, so I'm very, very fortunate to be uh, where I am today. You did. Uh, you mentioned Vegas. You did some cruise ship stuff too, right? Yeah, I worked for Royal Caribbean um, for for two years. Uh, probably one of the funnest gigs of my life. I mean, when you get paid to basically see the world, I did Italy, Greece, Egypt, Croatia, and Turkey for a year. I did the the Caribbean for a year. I mean, you basically have you're just paid to basically be on vacation. You do three shows, three, four shows a week. And besides that, you're a guest. So wow. I, 
it wasn't the worst time ever in life. And I could see why people stay in that line of business. <laughs> did, did you ever wake up while you're doing that and, and have no idea on the globe where you were like just for a little bit? 100%. It, it was kind of when, when you're over in the Mediterranean and it was a 14 day cruise, you kind of just kind of lost track of time because you're there for so long and you're like, oh, we're in Egypt again. And they're like, are you going to go to the oh, pyramids? You're like, no. And then you're like, why am I saying no to going to the pyramids again? <laughs> it's like, and now you look years later and you're like, why did I go every time? <laughs> yeah. I, I only went on one cruise, but that was my favorite part. The shows. I love like oh, theater, musical theater. And, and Royal does a really good job. They've actually even up their level. Uh, they're doing live, like full, full blown musicals. Now they have all the, equ- mm-hmm. it's all equity musicals on their major ships. Um, They've really got top-notch performers. Um, a lot of Broadway performers bounce back and forth. So uh, uh, I think that would be, I'd never been on a cruise ship before I got hired for one. So I, I went there and I did not know what to expect whatsoever. And uh, yeah, their, their, their theaters are amazing. Their productions are amazing. They just do a really nice job. Being a strong, muscular, tough-looking guy, do you get typecast a lot? I know you put a lot of cops, criminals, things like that. Yeah. Uh, bikers. It's kind of interesting. It's like the realm of TV and film acting. It's not who you think you are. It's uh, who everybody else kind of views you as. So uh, I guess people don't view me in a very nice way most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I, but I was actually happy in this and uh, as biker Stewart, Stuart Johnson in this, um, he's not a bad guy, which is fantastic. I've, uh, I've played a lot of very, very vicious characters on TV and film. And uh, uh, it's nice to kind of now abridge that and even even though I look stereotypical, like I would be very cruel in this in this one, as you as, as people have seen, um, it's a whole different different side of it. So it's kind of a beautiful thing to be able to dive in that. But yes, I have been in those categories. So you kind of keep on. I can't complain because I'm working. I said, if work is work and I'll keep it going. And until everybody knows who I am, I'm not going to worry about being typecast. And then I can just hopefully ask to move out of that ranking. Mm-hmm. Well, it's possible. I don't know if you saw Knock at the Cabin Door. But uh, Dave Batista played a part that was totally had nothing to do with his size or muscles. His acting is phenomenal. And Mm -hmm. I think that's the big thing. I think nowadays the industry is completely changing and they're actually seeing the artistic approach. And so they nobody wants to have these stereotypes anymore from everything from all the way around and within the industry. So I think it's kind of a beautiful thing that um, they're allowing the art more out there. So, I mean, his his performance is just in general. He's I mean, he's such a talented actor. Quantum Leap is really good about uh, doing that. They're, they they don't stereotype people, and they don't they do a, what seems like a lot of blind casting, which is awesome. And and uh, they respect yeah. people's backgrounds and you know different cultures and stuff. And what was great about your character in this episode is at first you think he's just like one of many uh, clients that Ben has at the time, but then it's a continuing storyline all through the episode, and you get to know your character more, and you know you. You need your bike back because they're not giving you your bike back. You sleep there all night. And uh, it, it just seems like, oh, okay, this guy's a biker guy, but he's a nice biker guy, so that's good. So he's not a bad guy. Um, but then when you get to that scene, um, it's it's an exterior, and, and you're uh, talking to Ben about um, uh, your character's uncle who died of AIDS and, and all that stuff. Can you talk me through that? Because it was uh, it, for, for a very short scene, it was very emotional, and yet – entertaining and good all at the same time. Yeah. I think the beautiful thing about quantum is number one, you have a show that has been such a success for so many years and now they're bringing it back. And with that, 
the stress of probably having to write for that show has to be exponentially like insane beyond belief. And I think our, our writer was uh, a guy named Rami uh, Lore. So I, I, if I pronounced mm-hmm. your name wrong, I, I apologize. Um, but he did, I thought he did a, a really nice job at, as Ray bounced back in time or Ben bounced back in time. I mean, there's so many significant things happening in history and to try to, showcase that because we know we bounced back into the 80s and in the 80s there was a big AIDS pandemic and that affected so many people and I thought he did a very nice job at making it significant enough that it that it showcased it a little bit but not also making the whole thing about that it brought it brought a kind of like a beautiful like authentic feel of actually what people were going through in that moment for a split second and I hope it it turned out exactly how we were intending and the director Kristen did a great job at making that work beautiful. It did really come through uh, across really good because in that moment you could uh, see your characters like pain about losing their uncle and like wanting to do something. And that's why it was so important to get the bike back. So, yeah. Um, and I think yeah, that's the thing because really the character good. kept on bouncing back in. And first you're like, you're like, who's this annoying guy? <laughs> he just, that was the kind of a joke. He's like, and I'm here again. And you're like, you're like who is this guy? <laughs> Um, yeah. and, uh, Ben and I were laughed about that. Cause I was like every corner I was just waiting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it did, it brought it, brought a humanity to it. And I think right now, especially they do such a good job on the show. Um, I think in, in just the concept of the show alone, it kind of him jumping back into the bodies of basically any type of person, it showcases the humanity and how we're all the same and how we all kind of go through exact difficult situations in life. Doesn't matter your ethnicity, doesn't matter your sexuality, doesn't matter anything. He bounces back into every type of person to show that we can all identify with every single type of person. I think that's the beauty of the show going on right now. Yeah. Um, so you were you were in, peppered in the episode a lot. Were you there for the whole eight day shoot or how many days did you did you do on this? Well, it's kind of funny. We shot um, before Christmas. Uh, so we were and then after and back in January. So it, it was uh it was the, the shoot itself. I'm trying to think how many days it, it was. Yeah, well, I was there the whole eight day shoot, but it was actually over like, I think three weeks because there's a hiatus over the holiday, oh, okay. which is, yeah. And it's always interesting because you get nervous with, with, with COVID going around and all the regulations. The last thing you want to do is, is, I mean, everybody's uh, as it goes around again and again, that's like the worst fear as an actor. Now, not only after first you get the audition, you're like, yay. Then you, then you book the audition. You're like, yay. Then you film it. You're like, yay. They're like, don't catch COVID or you're going to lose it. You're like, oh. Mm. <laughs> Do they tell you things like, crazy. Uh, you got three weeks to get back. Don't go skiing. Don't, don't, don't get injured. Don't, you know. Yeah. They have a, very, they've got a really good uh, SAG and uh, every production has a really good uh, health monitor system. And they're all very thorough and they're all very, um, they're, they're all very nice as well. I mean, that's the thing. They, we're all in it kind of together. And it makes all the actors feel better knowing that it's such a safe environment as well. They, go, they really go above and beyond. And I know it's probably costing them a ton. Um, but yeah, they do give you the whole, just like <laughs> in, in a nice way. It's like, okay, guys, realize if you get sick, we're screwed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be difficult. They'd have to do a lot of reshoots. Um, what was the, the uh, group like, the, the, the set feeling? How, how did they embrace you uh, on this show? I tell you what, I've, I've been like very fortunate to be on a lot of shows recently within the last couple of years. And um, I've actually told my wife this as well. I walked from the first day and I know, uh, I know, and I've had a lot of amazing experiences on set. And I, I might say this every time I'm done with one, but 
Ray, uh, but I, uh, when I met Ray for the first time, I understood immediately. If you ever get to meet him in real life, or if you haven't, you probably interviewed him. Um, he's got such a beautiful, genuine quality to him that in two seconds, it makes you feel like you've known him your entire life. And him being the, the lead of that show, it kind of transcends all the way around. So immediately walking on to set, his inviting way, you're like, this is, I actually said, I'm like, oh, man, if I could be on this show permanently, I said, how do, how do, I, how do I fly back in time and, and make this happen? But it was such a warm and inviting set. And when that happens, I think it allows us to just have, uh, number one, we all have fun. And I mean, and that's what we should be doing because we have this opportunity to, to touch so many people with our stories and get out there in the world and be this entertainment factor. But for us to be, go there and have fun and enjoy it doing and, and create a bond, um, yeah, the set was incredible. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, uh, I, I wanted to ask you a little bit because uh, your character is riding on a motorcycle with Ben riding behind you. Um, what was the technical like steps through that? Because I know sometimes like actors can't. Uh, I don't know if that's considered a stunt. The little bit of mo motorcycle riding to the stop or whatever. Can you just it explain is. that whole yeah. day and how that worked? Well, it's kind of funny. Yeah. So it, 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 that, that would be considered a stunt. And as regulations have gotten more and more because of safety. Uh, so when he actually rode in, it was, it was a double on me. And as soon as they popped up, we, we, we swapped it over. I like to say um, in everything people have seen me and I've done about 92% of everything. I like to try to do everything myself, but on, on a few of those things, him taking around the corner, you have a wipeout, you take out the main actor for the rest of how long and they, they can't, can't allow that, that chance. Um, but they had a, a great team and their, uh, their, their coordinator there is incredible. Um, and uh, yeah, they did a really, really, really nice job with that as well. I wasn't sure because the stunt person was a great match because I, I, I watched that a couple times and I wasn't sure. So that was pretty good. Yeah. Do you remember the stunt he person's really, name at all? Off the top, he, he was just in for a second because usually I will say okay. I usually have the same stunt guy wherever I go. Um, oh, okay. I have my like the guy that comes with me, um, but this time it was a, it was an older guy. Um, I'd have to ask Jeff uh, what his uh, name was because I only met him real quickly. My normal stunt guy's name is Patrick Million. Patrick. So if anybody ever sees I, him, he's it, he's incredible. Do you have a picture with him on your IMDb? Kind of looks like you almost. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. He, yep, he's been with me on about I think five. Or, I always request uh, whenever I'm on there. He's he's just he's brilliant, and I, I know he does Scott Eastwood. He does a bunch of people, but he's just. Uh, He's just one of those guys. Number one, he knows that I like to do everything. So he always laughs. He goes, I just come here and I just kind of sit here the whole day and just tell you <laughs> what you're doing wrong. Um, mm -hmm. But he's such a talented guy. And when you find people you like to work with, I can see why even within directors and writers and, and all these people, when you find great people, you just want to keep them around you. But um, uh, the coordinator there already had somebody picked out with a, with a motorcycle. So we, by the, that time, he's like, oh, yeah, I know Patrick. And, and that's how it kind of goes mm -hmm. within the industry. It made for a funny visual, I think, just seeing Ben in a in a dress on the motorcycle. So that was funny. One hundred percent. And then we get to the part in the episode where uh, Ray's character Ben and you are kind of like detectives and trying to find evidence and help solve the case. And that part was fun yeah. also because it showed a different side of you. Um, because I, I think that one of the funniest lines in the whole thing is when you're holding the bag with the gun in it and you're like, is, is, is that a bad thing or something? So t tell me all about that day. Was that a set? Were you on location? It looked like a real basement. We so I don't know. 
It was a real, well, it was technically a real basement. I think we were on the, the universal back lot. Uh, mm-hmm. so we were in, in one of those sections, but yeah, I think it's, uh, it was definitely kind of funny because number one, talking about a gun with my character who looks like he's this big, bad, mm-hmm. mean mother. Uh, mm-hmm. but then he comes across so almost, almost innocent, like, like, uh, is that, is that a bad, like it, it just kind of <laughs> gave it a, a beautiful mm-hmm. comic approach, which, uh, and Ray did such a good job with that too. He was running around in heels. So mm-hmm. um, that was very impressive in general. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think the great part about uh, Quantum Leap is uh, the good parts. You could always picture like a spinoff series, so, like him and heels and, and you uh, riding him around on a motorcycle, just solving crimes every week. You know, and, and I mean, and what that was our joke when we were there, too. There was there's a there was a comedy sketch that they used to do back in the day with two guys. And we're like, we are those guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Being on Quantum Leap is is uh, you've been on other like network TV shows like uh, Agents of Shield. Um, yes. When you start off and you're doing the you know the drama program and you're going to school for acting, and uh, you think, wow, you know, I I want to make it. I think I can do it. I have the drive. I have the determination. But you know, so many people want to do it, but very few people are lucky enough to actually do it for a career. So like when you're on yeah. Agents of Shield, is there that moment that like I'm working for Marvel. I think I made it. You know, I think I'm doing good. Do you have that feeling? Well, it's funny because uh, who else did I hear just kind of talk about this? It was uh, um, Colin Farrell just said, it never feels like you made it. You know what I mean? Mm. Because there's always there's always something more that you're working for. And it's kind of that thing is we have to learn to enjoy the journey because the journey is never ending. Because once you hit a point, you're just on another, another journey. Um, the beautiful thing kind of within the in the actor's realm is I've been out in LA uh, just a little over a decade. Um, and when you get out here, I had no idea. Number one, I was, I was going to go into TV and film. I thought I was going to do musical theater my whole life. Uh, and then I sang too many shows and now my voice is all raspy and all this. But I came together with a group of actors and we had like eight of us that had like an accountability group. We had no agents. We had no, we didn't know anything. Um, if I, like you brought up Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So the guy who plays Ghost Rider on the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., his name is Gabriel Luna. He's also in The Last of Us on HBO right mm-hmm. now. Um, he's also, uh, he was the last Terminator. Well, Gabe and his wife's Miranda were in my little group of people getting together. Now, Gabe came from Austin and he had, uh, Robert Rodriguez had given us a film, but we had all started off before we had anything. And so... What the beautiful thing is how you know it's working is you watch the people around you and you, you get to see so many different paths. And then you realize the path you're on and you're like, I would never imagine I'd be sitting, sitting here today. Um, I'm from a town of 900 in Wisconsin. I say half Amish and half cows. Everybody, there's horse and buggies. <laughs> my dad is a dentist, but he had a hitching post outside for all the horses. I mean, oh, and so, oh my goodness. So I think the biggest thing is, is if you work hard. And, uh, no matter what, anybody can do it, but it had, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work reading scripts every day because it's probably in the, the same realm of somebody who's really good at baseball wanting to be a major league baseball player. There's so many actors. So, like I said, it's like it, you do have that epiphany as you start looking over and you start looking at, at all the different people you've worked with. I mean, I've got, I've gotten chances to be on screen with people like Daniel Craig and I mean, even Gabriel Luna now. And then uh, like uh, who else? I just, I did uh terminalist with Chris Pratt, one of the nicest guys ever. Oh, in wow. Life. Yeah. Um, and uh, I did uh, the Punisher. Um, uh, I worked with um, John Bernthal as well. And it's like, 
you work with all these guys and the one beautiful thing you realize is we're all just people, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. we're all the same. Mm -hmm. Everybody, everybody's the same. Ray, Ray, everybody, everybody is. We're all on journeys and we're just fortunate to be doing what we're doing, but it is kind of nice because you watch, I mean, as you get to do different things, I just did a, um, I did this uh, show called Narco Saints um, and it, uh, the lead, one of the lead actors from Squid Game, and I got to be in the, the scenes with him. Oh, wow. And it's in it, um, it, it was like, it's a Korean series on Netflix. Um, but again, as you realize all over the world, entertainment's there. People, people need this. And we're, uh, they, and the world is, 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 I call it a beautiful chaos at all times. Um, and we're fortunate enough to make people feel. Now, my characters are usually ones making the people feel like, Ugh. uh, but in this one, not so much. I'm happy you said you got to laugh because this is the first time in my career on TV and film, um, that I'm finally getting to kind of showcase even that, that side of me, you know? So yeah, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful thing. I'm very, very, very fortunate for the people in my life. Well, uh, parts of this should make your demo real because it really did show uh, different dynamics of what you can do. And uh, we just really enjoyed it on our end as, as viewers. Oh, I love, I love to hear that because, I, 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 like mm-hmm. I said, I told you, it's, uh, you've gotten to see it. It comes out on mm-hmm. Monday for me. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't seen the final product. I will say this. The director, Kristen, um, uh, Kristen Wendell is her last name. Uh, she was phenomenal. I mean, you get, I've, I've had the pleasure of now working with a lot of, uh, actually recently, just a bunch of amazingly strong female directors, but Kristen's direction, she's like, she's one of those directors that walks up to you and lets you kind of just do your thing and whispers little sweet nothings into your ear whenever she wants something different. The one, mm-hmm. one of the sweet nothings was, and I'm glad it turned out, was the uncle part. She walked up mm-hmm. and she goes, Hey, I wonder what this would look like if it was a little bit different and it was a little bit emo um, maybe just a little bit emotional and um, mm-hmm. so i'm happy it turned out but that's her vision and and the writer mm-hmm. and, and and all of that coming together so i mean when you act and the funny thing is when you watch acting on film i always say i can't critique any actor why because number one you even in this interview there's editing there's music mm-hmm. there's so many asset aspects that go into it we don't even know how it's going to come out until we see it we're like oh yay that looks good <laughs> so it's kind of a beautiful. It's funny because it's only a two minute scene, but um, I got emotional just for that one little part because I was like, oh, my goodness, this person lost his uncle and it means so much to him to do this for him. And yeah. just that little moment. And Quantum Leap has all these different things. It's fun, adventure, science, comedy, you know, Everything. holding up the bag with the gun and the emotion. That's like instant. So. Great job by you. you Great job that, by everybody. All that, yeah, think of the writing on that. To be able to have every single bit and aspect like that, to have people feel because, and that's the beautiful thing is not to ever tell people what to feel, but to allow them to feel something. And you can have that, and then two seconds later, make them laugh. Because I mean, and that's that's what the, the beauty of what we do is. I mean, I just I, I, so I'm happy again, and it's such a good creative. It's all the way down from the, how it's shot, the music, and the leadership of, of Ray on on the on the film set. If he wasn't, if he didn't make that place so beautiful to work with, none of that happens. So yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, you'll be very proud of the episode. Do you have any special plans to watch it? You know what? As weird as this sounds, I never watch <laughs> anything I do with people. <laughs> For that reason is you never know how it turns out. Um, I always wait. I always wait and watch it myself. But I also kind of have a weird thing. Whenever I'm in something, it's hard for me to watch more of the season. 
It's kind of a weird, mm. it's kind of, it's ruined mm-hmm. the movie magic for me. Cause I was part of it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Like now, now you know how the sausage is made kind of, and you, you yeah. can't like see, see the show in that universe. You only know, okay, well that was a back lot where I filmed this and that, you yeah. know, it's understandable. Yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, people loved you in this episode. I'm sure I know we did, and I'm sure the viewers will on Monday. What else can they look forward to seeing you in, in, in the near future? Well, I've got a couple things coming out, uh, in the, in the very, very near future. Uh, I haven't got the exact release date on uh, Fox's Tubi. Um, it's actually a comedy as well, mm. even though I'm the bad guy in it. Uh, it's a, it's a <laughs> movie called class classmates directed by, uh, Danielle Fischel. Uh, who if oh. people watched Boy Meets World back in the day. She was Topanga. I think every kid my age is major crush when they were little. Um, and her husband, uh, Jensen Karp, uh, wrote it. He writes, writes for, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen and things like that. Um, really, really kind of fun comedy. It's got John Michael Higgins, if you know him, uh, from Best in Show and all that. Uh, mm-hmm. it's a kind of like mm-hmm. a swap identity thing where two girls swap identities and, uh, oh. we do, and I kidnap them both. Um, so it's, it's, uh, <laughs> But yeah, so that's going to come out on Fox's Tubi, hopefully within the month. Okay. I've got a, a revolutionary movie called uh, uh, The Battle of Bushy Run. It's a true historical um, piece that uh, I actually saw the screening of that at Fox. It looks, it's actually, whenever you get a historical piece and you add a love story to it, I always get nervous, but it was good. <laughs> now they're just trying to, they're trying to shop a home for it. That should be coming out. And I just finished a serial killer independent movie called Serial Beauty. And the writing on that was spectacular. Mm-hmm. Don't know when that'll come out yet, but uh, those are the three things uh, in the near future that'll be coming out. Awesome! I'm I'm so very happy for you. Um, you you've been uh, great to talk to. I, I I had a really great time getting to know you. Uh, even off camera, we had a great time. So I really appreciate you being on, Edward. So thank you so much. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Hello, Leapers. This is Chris. And join me today in welcoming our very special guest, Mr. Nate Walker, who appeared in the episode Ben Song for the Defense. Nate, welcome to the Quantum Leap Podcast. Hey, Chris. How you doing, man? Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Oh, we're, we're so happy to be speaking to you. It's funny. We've been, um, giving everybody in this episode because it had so many guest stars that, uh, you know, we, we have mean judge and, um, avuncular right. attorney and we, we're calling you naked Tyler. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> so yeah, for, for those of you listening and maybe not watching, um, Nate was the, uh, defendant that, uh, Ben was helping write in the leap in who was found naked outside of his house and in, in, in a stolen car. We think maybe, allegedly, but, uh, allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> allegedly. So, so Nate, welcome to the podcast. Um, usually we'd like to get things going just by asking, uh, the guest stars that we talked to about, about their background. Um, you know, what led you into the business and how did you, uh, land the role on quantum? Man. Um, I actually started acting because I got laid off of a job. Um, so, uh, I guess that's kind of an interesting story. Um, I, I used to live in Virginia, in Hampton, Virginia, and they used to have a bunch of big call centers. So like the biggest Sprint call center, which is now T-Mobile, um, they had a Verizon call center, they had a T-Mobile call center. So I was working in the Sprint call center and it's closed now. So one day they were laying, they were like doing layoffs and I was a part of one of those cuts. So, you know, it's like 930 in the morning. I've got nothing to do. So I'm like going to go to the mall, get myself some some bad Chinese food and a T-shirt or something to make myself feel better. Um 
and his casting director was in between offices because they were being renovated. And so he was doing the auditions in the guest home um, of his luxury apartments that I was passing. And I saw the casting sign. And so I just crashed the casting call because, mm. you know, I had nothing going on. And um, and then from there, he said he liked me. I got I got a call back. Um, and that's really that's how I stumbled my way into being an actor. Is it the first time you had ever tried acting? That was my in first anyway? anything. Like I go in the room. He's like, yeah, OK. He's like, do you have your you have a headshot? And I was like, I, I got it. You know, I'm here. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, it was it was it was crazy. Um, and so I go I go do that callback. I actually ended up booking that. It was a, a indie film, um, and then from there it was just a lot of catching up. Like, okay, let me you know learn what's happening here. Start trying to find acting classes. You know, get your headshots. Trying to build your resume and you know learning about the business. But yeah, that was my introduction. So it was um, it was really cool. Um, it's not like L.A. to where, you know, you get a call back and, you know, it's like right down the street or everything's virtual now. Because I was in Virginia, the callback was actually like a four hour drive away for me to go to. So it was uh, hmm. it was kind of a lot of going on faith. I'm glad I did. Um, you know, I, I would I, at that time, I definitely would not have guessed that I had moved. I'll be moving to L.A. to you know pursue acting. Oh, well, yeah, I was going to say that's quite a leap of faith. So, I mean, how long yeah. ago was that? Oh, think that was maybe eight years now, I think. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Not for, for a fair, fair amount of time. So. Yeah. You know, I've been in, been in LA for about four now. So yeah. That's great. So, I mean, um, I was looking at some of your background information and it seems like you've tried to, uh, as breaking into the industry, become sort of a jack of all trades and do um, just about everything you could. So take me from that day in Virginia, which is not exactly like an acting capital, as you said, that four hour drive. I mean, yeah, and how did you progress cool. into the business and, and break in? And was it was it on the East Coast and then the West Coast? How how did it evolve? Yeah, it, yeah, it was it was kind of one of those things, like you said, with the background, it was it was kind of just me. Um, like, like I said, I ended up being cast in that initial independent film, but then they lost their funding. So it just went away. And so I ended up going back to the casting director and I was like, hey, you know, just this audition process has me really intrigued. Is there anything else that you have going on? Um, and so that led to me doing a lot of terrible, terrible projects. Like I've been in, I've, I've, <laughs> I've been like in backyard projects on handy cams, you know, like just anything that I could get my hands into to where I get to like be in front of a camera. You know, I just started jumping into that. Um, so it was a slow process. Um it was a year and a half before I found, you know, found acting classes that, you know, were worth their salt in Virginia to where you can learn the business. So um, what the route that I took is I decided to stay in Virginia um, until I was SAG eligible, you know, until I got mm. like a credit to where I could become SAG. Um, and then once I got that first feature film to where I could become SAG, then I um, the year after that, I made the move out here. Um, and then, you know, then once, you know, when you first get to LA, you're just in the grind with everybody else. Like they, we're all out here trying to be in movies and on television shows. So you find some representation, uh, you figure out what you're good at and you audition for those shows and, you know, yeah. Well, I mean, one thing that I had noticed um, that came across right away in, in the scene, your first scene is the fact that um, you have good comedic chops. And I, I honestly thought that maybe you had done some stand up stuff like that because, yeah, because your timing was impeccable. I and, appreciate uh, it. I appreciate it. But yes, I am a stand up as well. So that's one of the things that I started doing once I got out here. Um, so, yeah, man, it's, it's always a pleasure to hear that, um, especially because I haven't gotten a chance to do a ton of it yet. Um, so 
as that's one of the things that I'm trying to push into more now because I'm like, hey man, I'm funny guys. Like, I don't know if y'all know, like I can, I could crack a joke or two. So, you know, throw me in those funny <laughs> scenes. Um, and it's been good. So over the last year, um, there's been a couple, there's been a couple more scenes that have, that have been more comedic and um, hopefully I get to lean into that going forward. Well, it's great. So, I mean, so you, you get the call, I guess you went on an audition Correct. and um, they, they liked you. So, I mean, so tell me about the process. You, you, you went for the audition and then how, how did it go from there? Um, yeah. So you go in, you get that audition. Um, and uh, I can't remember if I had a call back for that one. Um, sometimes with the, with the guest roles, like they'll just do one audition and they'll select from there. Um, so I think that one was like just one audition. And I actually found out the news while I was working on another show. So it was, um, it was good, man. It's always like, you know, you're exciting. You like getting that, you get that new work or you got something that's coming up. Um, so it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. Um, and then what's actually funny is they, they had a pop-up like, so the marketing for Quantum Leap was like great. So out here in LA, you know, they're on the side of buses, there were billboards and I wasn't very familiar with the old show. So, you know, the way that I found out about the show was like all of them, all of the marketing. And then I ended up, you know, figuring out that I, I got a chance I um, auditioned for it. And then, you know, I booked it. So it was, it was pretty cool. That's, that's great. Yeah. That was going to be my next question. I mean, so um, as, as someone that's coming to the new quantum leap, mm-hmm. how familiar were you with the old one? If at all, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Like, um, like not even having heard of it or. Nah. Well, wow. I think, I, I, think I, I think I have heard of it, but I've, I've never seen an episode. Um, gotcha. and honestly, I haven't started watching this one yet either. I was waiting for my episode and then I'll probably just watch all the episodes up to my episode, um, since I'm in the 15th one. But yeah, I had, I had no, I, I had no, you know, I hadn't been exposed to the first show. So, you know, before I went on, on the new version, you know, I, I looked it up and, you know, saw what it was all about. Was a super cool idea. Um, and you know, I'm glad they brought it back. I'm glad I got to be a part of it. So, I mean, is that a surreal experience, not knowing the premise of the show, say, like you have a leaper that can leap into anybody, men and women included, uh, coming on to set the first day, you meet Raymond Lee and he's in a smart pantsuit or no, he's wearing a skirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Got his, got his little, got his heels on too, man. It was fun, man. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was great. Um, like, obviously, you know, we get the script before we get the set. So I, I was, I was aware somebody was going to be um, cross-dressing. Um, when we got, when I got there, but, um, it was fun, man. Um, Raymond's, Raymond's great. Um, he really, he really was great. He was a joy to work with. Um, we, we had a great time working together. Hopefully that showed up in the scene. I don't know. Was it funny? Did it, did it feel good? You were funny. Yeah. Good, good. Yeah. Yeah, But no, it was, it was a, it was a great experience, man. We were having a good time. Um, so yeah, we were, we were cracking jokes about his outfit. We were cracking jokes about my outfit. You know what I mean? Like, so we were, we were having fun, man. It was a ball. I know that you had um, most of your direct scenes with Raymond, but but mm-hmm. being on the set, were were you able to interact with anybody else in the main cast? No, I didn't get a chance to um, work with any of the of the leads because um, you know my character, like you said, most of that scenes were with him because he had leaped into my lawyer. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, no, not really. So you know that sucks, but you know Raymond was a great guy, man. gave gave some great advice. Um, yeah, it was awesome. That's terrific. Now, one thing that we noticed about this episode, it was a lot more frenetic than um, episodes that have led up to it. And um, usually there's much more of a central storyline. And this one did have a central storyline of the, the the kid being wrongly accused of murder. But mm-hmm. there was so many different asides, so much different. Um, you know, he, Raymond is going here and then he's just he's distracted to go there. And it's it just a, like a frenetic energy 
in the show. Can you describe the energy on the set? Did it sort of match the pacing that they were trying to go for for the episode? You know, while while we're filming, you you don't really feel that, right? Because the the logistics, you know, when the camera isn't rolling, is pretty much you know having everybody where they're supposed to be. Um, a, a lot of effort goes into that. So once we get to set, um, and then you're you know you're in the world, and you're just kind of immersed in your scene. So you don't get the uh, you you don't you don't get the buzz that I think the viewer gets when they feel like they're like leaping around or jump cutting to different scenes. For me, you know. I spent I spent the whole day like essentially you know in the same building because that's where my sets were you know like it's like okay mm-hmm. first we're we're right in the in the office and then we're in the hallway you know then we're in the elevator so it was it, right. was, it was pretty calm for me. In order to get the energy that they needed for your character, which was again most of the comic relief, I mean, did you have discussions with the director and with with maybe with, with the producers on exactly how they wanted you to approach the character and uh, what was that process um, like? A lot of the time, they, they kind of—I feel like they kind of let you show up and, and see what you're bringing to the table, um, because you know they've, they've cast you already for your choices. So you try to keep it pretty close to like what you were doing in your audition, because clearly that's what they like to get you there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from there, uh, when at least for me, what I love is when you're kind of allowed wiggle room to improv, find what's in the scene, stuff like that. Now, there wasn't much improv as far as like the lines for this one, but she did let us play in the scene with the physicality. Um, and, and how the situation was making my character feel. Um, and she definitely when you say, into that. When, when you say she, I assume you mean the oh, director? Kristen, yes. Kristen Wendell, the director. It's amazing. Um, Kristen, cast me again for anything you have going on. I will be there. <laughs> no, she, she was amazing to work with. Um, and, and that, that means the world also, like as an actor, you know, be, being on a set to where the, where the director trusts you and kind of gives you freedom to do your thing and find some dope things in there. It was, it was amazing. Well, that's great. I mean, is that typical for um, the TV work that you've done? What, what, how does the Quantum Leap set dif- differentiate itself, or does it? Ooh, um, yeah. It's, I think it's, it's very, it, it's very like. Well, some shows are very strict, right? Um, as far as it, the, being like word perfect or the lines, and I get that because they pay those writers a lot of money to write the shows. Um, so they they be like, no, write say what's on the script, you know, because it's you know we paid somebody a lot of money to write this. Um, and that's it. But some people do allow you a little bit of, you know, wiggle room to, to improv some lines in there or, or maybe to add something at the end. You, maybe you get a button on top of like your lines. Um, and that's always fun. Like now I have friends who don't really love improv, but you know, the comedic background for me, like that's always fun. I I think there's a lot of things that you can find, um, that just naturally come out that you wouldn't even know would be there until you're in the moment with another actor. Gotcha. So, I mean, just that, that playing off of one another, I guess that involves a lot of trust. For sure. For sure. And and same thing, like as far as like having a director who trusts you to do that, um, being in a scene with an actor that you have a good, um, you know, rapport with or that you either, you know, you guys just pick up a vibe really quick, like that give and take, you know, you, you it requires both. If not, you know, you clash. So it's important to have somebody who is either good at improv or you guys are just really in tune with each other. Yeah, we've heard a lot of good things from the set of Quantum Leap um, in terms of just just how welcome they make everybody feel. No, it, it's it's nice, man. Um, it was it was kind of a gross day, like it was raining a lot that day when I was filming. Um, yeah, as soon as you get there, bring you the big like Parker raincoat. You know, people escorting you around with with the umbrellas, super friendly. Nobody seems like you know like they're being forced to be there. You know, sometimes you know those days on set can get long, especially for crew. You know. 
you're talking about 14, 18 hour days, 20, hour, you know, so like, I would like, however long they have to be there to, to get it done. Um, so when you have people who are in those positions and they're, you know, they're speaking to you, like it's the middle of the day and they're having like the best day ever. And like the sun shining and birds are chirping, like it's, it's, a, <laughs> it makes you feel more welcome and it, it makes your job a lot easier to do for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it does. So, I mean, if we, if we can cycle out from quantum and we were talking about maybe other experiences you, you, you've had, um, are there other projects that you're currently working on? Um, there is a show called Lace that I'm on that is, it has been filmed. So they, they shoot that whole season and that, and then that comes out later. I don't think that one comes out until September. Um, I'm also in a movie called The Reeducation of Molly Singer. Um, and that one is starring Jamie Presley and Ty Simpkins. That's due to come out, released later this year too. Um, I have no idea when either of those will be out. <laughs> like they don't, <laughs> like they tell I come, I, I do, I do my thing and then I, I hear about it in the news or, you know, or on TV. Do you feel like it's, it's a different experience if you're working on, say, a feature film as opposed to a TV show like Quantum Leap? For sure. Do you sure. have to approach those kinds For of jobs sure. differently? Yeah. Um, like when, yeah, when you get to work on like the, the big shows, something like Quantum Leap, the, the big network shows, because it's, because they have an order and it's very regimented and they have like deadlines and there's a schedule. So you know when things are coming. Like I, I knew exactly when my episode was going to come. All I had to do was look at IMDb or you can just Google, you know, when episode 15 is going to come out. Like if you do a feature film, oops, there's, there's absolutely, there's no telling. There's no telling. That thing gets stuck in post or something happens with the distributors or if it is something that's going to have like a, a theater release. And they, maybe they don't want to go up against, you know, something big that's coming out, you know, like, oh, Creed and, and Ant-Man are out right now. It's, it's <laughs> a little booty comedy. So we're going to wait a month, you know, like all of that type of stuff. So you you have no idea. And the producers aren't communicating that with everybody. Like they may communicate it with like, you know, your top two, two actors who may have some production points on the on the feature. But for the rest of us, we're just let us let us know if there's a red carpet, you know, we'll come come suited and booted. <laughs> so you'd mentioned that you had started on some stand-up work are you doing any live stand-up shows anything like that yes um i just got back into it so i'm not currently booked i'm in the past i did a lot over at flappers and at the haha club um so i don't have any dates for anybody right this second but be on the lookout for me um and you can also follow me on instagram that's mr mr underscore nate walker um, and you'll definitely be able to get all of my information and obviously anything that's releasing, I'll be, you know, putting that information there. That's great. Yeah. And I, I think that, um, it's great that, you know, you're out in different areas doing sort of that cross pollination because I feel like all of the sitcoms since the beginning of time have come from, you know, the, the, the comedy stylings of the lead character, right from Jackie Gleason up to, Sure. Romano or Kevin James. So for sure. I think, yeah. If you're gonna work on your comedy chops, that might be a good formula to do it. Yes, you know. yes. Um it's it's definitely one of the reasons why I did it, you know, to to work on the chops. I think there's a presence um that is required uh in in that and it plays into so many different parts of your life. And I think it also can directly help your acting as well. So if we can get back to Quantum Leap, um it looked like you guys were in a busy uh court setting was what right. was that a location shoot or were those all sets how, how did that um, work? those were sets yeah we weren't in a real courthouse so yep those were that was a set um so pretty much like it, it, it I, like for somebody who's never been to like la or been inside of a studio um just imagine like a big space almost a warehouse or something mm -hmm. right 
Um, and then they just go in there and they work magic, man. They build, they build anything, you know, like you, you're outside and it looks like this warehouse building and you walk in and you go around the corner and you're, you're in a courtroom and then there's offices and they have like an elevator um, set that's built up and it may not be functional, but it, it looks like you're in a, in a courtroom or in a, you know, in a, in a public building downtown. Um, so it's amazing, man. It's amazing what they do. Um, all the guys who work in production design and set design, uh, they're, they're very talented people. And that part of it is again, that makes your job easy as an actor, you know, like when you go in there and then you, you forget that you're not in a courtroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an immersive experience mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. Yep. So, so they put you in there, they throw some handcuffs on you and take your clothes <laughs> off. And now, you know, it's, it's a real thing. Like <laughs> it's the, the state, the stakes are up. The stakes are up. Like <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. So, I mean, um, did you get any, uh, a- any good swag while you were on set? I think that you, <laughs> no, dude, I got that yeah. quantum leap. You got to bring my character back, man. I'm out here wearing the hat for you on the podcast. Well, yeah. I mean, so yeah, let's see how that can happen. I mean, uh, Ray, Ben, Ben kind of rescued your character anyway. He gave him the right advice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, my character, I don't, I, I I don't know that my character will be back, but, um, it it would be amazing. It, It would, it would be fun. Yeah. Now, I mean, since you weren't familiar with the show before, when you had read the script, were you surprised at sort of the, the nuance or did you know much about Quantum Leap going in before you? I know that you said that you weren't a fan of the original, right. but had you heard anything about the, the reboot series uh, besides um, the script that you read? Not, well, you, kind of you just go do some research. Um, at least I try to. Right. Like anytime you get an audition. Like I, I, I go see, like, what's the show about? Right. Like, and you need to know that stuff before you do the audition because that, that becomes a part of your process. Right. Like, what's the tone? Um, is, is it, is there room for comedy in this or is this like very, you know, is this very straight? Like, is this CSI or, you know, like mm-hmm. if you're going to audition for Shameless or, or go out for something like The Office, you know, those, that the comedy worlds are very different. And it's the same thing from drama. So like, I, I definitely went and looked it up. I was like, okay, what's going on here? Um, and yeah, I had to because I like it wouldn't have made sense. I'm like, what is what is happening? You know what I mean? Like it, it it wouldn't make sense to you. I don't think if you didn't understand the world that you were about to, you know, be a part of. Yeah, I mean, thank you for bringing up Shameless. That's always been one of my favorite programs. Can you tell me a little bit about the time that you spent filming filming that? Was that is that shot, yeah. shot in L.A.? Like where is yeah, Shameless? Um, I, I think for the fur, I think most of the seasons were actually shot in Chicago. Okay. But remember the tail end of it, we they got hit with COVID. So when I when I shot was actually when it was like very, very strict everywhere you go, we're still wearing masks, you know what I mean? Six feet. Um, so that is why they ended up shooting out here because the location stuff maybe wasn't as safe or not as controlled as them just putting it inside of a studio environment out here in LA for the final season. Um, but it was amazing, man. Um, one of the coolest things, because uh, I was a huge fan of the show, um, William H. Macy is an animal it, to me, as far as when it comes to acting, like he, he is, he's very good, very talented. Um, I've watched a lot of his uh, scenes and just, um, just studied. Um, but it was, it was crazy because um, I did a studio tour when I first came to LA and I thought I was going to be late. Cause they had already announced that shameless was going to end. So, you know, obviously one of your favorite shows, you're like, man, I, I really hope I get a chance to be on this. So I took pictures in front of the Patsy pies, like on the lot over there while I was just like, on a studio tour 
And then like a two two years later, I ended up getting cast and I was literally in the season finale episode. And, and my scene was with William H. Macy and I got to meet him and, and it was really dope. It was great. Now we blew him up. We killed him. But um, <laughs> he was, uh, he was, it was <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And how, how does that differ? I mean, um, that's a show we had discussed, like you, you didn't really know about quantum coming in. It's a great experience to be asked to be on the show, but I have to think it's a whole nother level when it's, it's a show that's one of your favorites that yeah, you get yeah. to be on it. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think it's, um, yeah, it just touches you a little different, you know, it, it, it does for sure. It, it's, it was one of those things where it's like, Oh man, I'm looking at Frank right now. Yeah. <laughs> You feel the extra like pressure, <laughs> right? Does he drink like that in real life? I don't know. Like you know, like, <laughs> but um, I think it can add pressure, all depending on the scenario. Um, I, I've been fortunate that every time I've I've been able to act with somebody who um, you know, I had seen a lot of or, or you know, admired. Um, they were they were great to me, um, and and it was no different with William. He was he was fantastic, and uh, you know, hopefully, I get to work with him again. Yeah, I mean that that show is epic. So um, yeah, it's uh, congratulations. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, no, it was was great. It was great. It was awesome. So if we can just um, circle back to Quantum Leap, uh, is there anything um, from the set or just about the experience that we haven't discussed that we haven't touched upon that that you would like to express to the leapers that are out there listening? Just really that Raymond is genuinely a really good guy, man. as far as, you know, being a newer actor, you know, to LA, like myself, you know, or people who have been out here a long time, he was just, he was sharing with me, like some of his role. Cause you know, his, he, he's kind of like really like at the peak of like his success right now. Like it's, it's his, it really just took off for him in the last like year or so. Like he just did Top Gun. Um, I think he had something else and then, you know, he books this show and this show is doing great. Um, you know, so now his face is all over the walls, but I mean, for him, you know, he was saying just a couple of years ago, he feels like he wasn't too far from where I'm at. Um, and so just some of the knowledge and stuff that he gave me and, and taking that time out to speak to somebody else who's trying to get to the level that he's at, it was, um, that type of stuff means everything, you know? So it's great. That's terrific. That's yeah. terrific. Maybe, maybe in a couple of years time, we'll see your face on the side of a giant building. In I hope so. I hope <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, you know, hopefully I get to have my clothes on, but you know. <laughs> well, maybe. Thank you so much for the time you've spent with us here on the Quantum Leap Podcast. We really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you guys so much for having me, man. It's great. Hello, and welcome back to the Quantum Leap Podcast. I'm Albie, and I'm very fortunate to have with us today Tina DeMarco. You might know her from Ben Song for the Defense, the episode that just aired on uh, NBC. Tell me, Tina, thank you. First of all, thank you for being here, and uh, I want to I get to know you Uh first but i'm so excited to talk about quantum leap um can you just uh tell me how you got involved in quantum leap and like how did you get the part and and what do you think of it well lately uh actors are in this bubble called your living room Mm -hmm. (laughs) because when we audition we audition from home we get no feedback so uh we get the sides we prepare for it. We set up our living room or wherever we're going to uh, audition from, and we send it into this this void. <laughs> and hopefully, somebody will see it. And what I did is what uh, I did the line. It was only one line in Spanish. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. It was the line. Mm-hmm. No entiendo, mijo. So 
That was the only little line I had, so I sent it in. I said, I'm never going to get this. It's only one little line, but sure enough, I got it. And that, that was the process. You know, it starts with your agent submitting you, you doing the homework of actually doing the tape at home, taking the time to study it, dress appropriately, hair, makeup, and send it in. And so that's how I got involved with Quantum Leap, and I was very lucky to get it. That's awesome. Yeah, you were an integral part of the episode because uh, the the character, the guest character that's on on trial, you know, wrongly accused, it uh, having his uh, grandmother there, right? Grandmother? Um, yes, it, grandma. It, it makes him uh, more human and you understand, uh, I think it makes the audience more sympathetic for his character, even before they know that he was innocent. Right, right. I think family is important. And in my own life, uh, I've had family members in jail and coming out and coming out with their attorneys. And we are not allowed any interaction at all. So they frown on that. So I could totally relate to the character. Hmm. Um, before we get back to Quantum Leap, uh, I, I took a look at your IMDb. Uh, you, you've done a bunch of stuff, um, and I, I read your bio. Uh, so how did you get um, the acting bug? What what first made you want to be an entertainer and entertain people? It's funny. Um, in the olden days, and I say olden, I was a teenager in the 60s, um, drama and glee club and those those artistic things were included in high school. I don't think they are anymore, which is a real shame because of, mm -hmm. of uh, maybe personnel or money. Mm -hmm. But that's when I got interested. I went into Glee Club. I went into the Drama Club. We put on musicals every year, starting with The Sound of Music, Say mm -hmm. It With Music, uh, all kind of musicals that we did. Uh, and that got me started and, and ignited the fire in me to pursue it after high school. So I went into uh, the program that LACC, Los Angeles City College, offered from there into UCLA for two years in theater arts. And that's what launched my my career uh, in 1972. Oh, wow. That was a time, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what were some of your favorite musical theater uh, shows you did, musicals you did? Oh, uh, I think above all, it was the sound of music, mm. um, being a nun and uh, singing and uh, the performance. It was a, a beautiful theater called, uh, it was the uh, downtown theater uh, in downtown Los Angeles. And it was, it was huge. They, they had, they had comedy one night and then they had theater another night and musicals. Um, the Variety Arts Center, it was called. And so that's where my little high school went to perform. And we thought we hit the big time and, uh, it, it was very exciting. So that was the best for me. Um, what's it like making the transition from, uh, doing like live theater into, you know, film and television with, uh, you know, camera setups and all you that know, stuff? Um, live theater, which I still do it because, because the audience, you can almost hear them breathe. Mm -hmm. It's, it's an entity that is live and with you the whole step of the way, you know, their reaction immediately, you know, immediately what worked and what didn't work for the next time you do the play, uh, what got a laugh, what didn't get a laugh. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just, it's just a different 
a different ambiance mm-hmm. in music, uh, in 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 TV and and film commercials. You don't get that immediate reaction from people. In fact, you wonder if you did well at all because there's nobody to tell you that you did well. You mm-hmm. actors, we're so egotistical. We need somebody to pat us on the back and say, mm-hmm. "Hey, that was great." <laughs> and you don't always get that uh, in film or on uh, mm-hmm. TV. Well, applause, right? You do it for applause, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and, right. You don't often get that on television, I'm sure. So, yeah. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your career uh, before getting Quantum Leap and what led you to Quantum Leap, like um, different parts you've done? Sure. Uh, I started up, I had a mother who would drive me all over Hollywood between classes in high school and even after high school. So I was like in the Patty Duke show and oh, uh, wow. my three sons, uh, the wow. rifleman, uh, wherever there was children, like in a school classroom, like Leave it to Beaver. Uh, I was there like a little extra as a child. Um, that, that's mind I grew up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. So uh, I was uh, involved and went to the the school that was provided on the set because we had to have a teacher. So I I was in school with uh, with uh, uh, all those little actors like it that leave it to Beaver and and and, and all of those little people. Pat, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I can't think of her name now, but Patty, oh, Patty, Duke, Patty Duke and all yeah. that. We had to go to school together oh, wow. uh, because of our age. Uh, but so that's what got me started. And it, and it was very interesting to me to learn the camera angles and what worked and what didn't, because we had a lot of downtime in which we, we were just watching cameras being set up. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you were that young, uh, f- first of all, do you have memories of of that uh, experience, or do you just remember that you did do it? Because I, I, it's hard for me to remember back that far. Yes, I, I I have memory of that. I remember that my very first thing was in the Rifleman as uh, part of a uh, Hispanic, uh, I won't say tribe, but a Hispanic community outside of town mm-hmm. where Lucas and his son come and, 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 uh, um, the son befriends a boy that is a Mexican American little boy. And so they come into the village, which is mostly Mexican. And there I am as a child. I remember that it was filmed during the Christmas holiday and it was December. I think it was 1962 or, or, or one around there. Mm. And uh, I was very resentful of having to be on set when it was Christmas time. <laughs> 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 because all of the other children were already thinking about their toys and what Santa Claus was going to bring home. And, and here I was working. Because mm. my mom was a workaholic, so I too had to be a workaholic <laughs> like my mom. <laughs> But wow, um, like I'm sure at the time when you're filming these things as a kid, you don't realize how iconic they're going to be later on in life. But did you um, have any sense of, wow, this is Patty Duke. She's the she's the girl I watch on television every week. I didn't get a sense of that until I was listening to the radio. And in those days, it was KFWB Channel 98. Uh, 
I listened to Johnny Crawford sing and I said, oh, my God, I worked with him. And he's <laughs> he's got a number one hit. And that impressed me a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then Johnny Crawford had a hit, as did Shelley Fabrese with uh, with Johnny Angel from uh, the Donna Reed show. You know, oh, all I these love people. that show. I love that show. <laughs> yeah. You know, the Shelley had her own uh, song, Johnny Angel, which was mm-hmm. a big uh, hit, which. Rumor has it that it was for Johnny Crawford that she had a crush on. Oh, wow. But uh, <laughs> that's just a rumor. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah, Donna Reed is one of my lifelong crushes after I saw It's a Wonderful Life. And then I watched the Donna Reed show. I think I've seen every episode. Um, your, yeah, your dad, she was your, beautiful. Oh, my. It's gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, your dad was in the entertainment industry, too, right? So you grew up around Yes, my stuff. dad was a musician. He was an orchestra leader. Uh, during the 40s, the big bands, of course, were it. And people don't know this, but Tijuana, Mexico, didn't always look like it does now. Mm-hmm. It had variety shows where actors and singers and performers came from all over the world to perform because it was such a um, an exciting border city. Uh Acts would get launched into Hollywood from Tijuana. So a lot of variety was in Tijuana. So Desi Arnaz went down with his orchestra. And that's when he met my father, when my father's orchestra and his blended together for one of the varieties that they were going to have. So that's how my dad started working with Desi Arnaz and uh, Xavier Cougat, who also went down there at the time. If you know who those bands are, they were orchestras mm-hmm. of the time of the big mm-hmm. bands. Yeah, I still listen to that stuff on the satellite radio. They got the 40s channel, so... Yeah, and, and, yeah. And, and Desi beautiful, Arnaz, beautiful what a huge part yeah. of history. And your, yeah. your dad was right there. That's so cool. So with uh, you just growing up in the entertainment industry and, and, and being a kid actor, uh, did you ever consider doing something else? Or was this always like something that you thought, oh, well, obviously this is what I'm going to go into and do my whole life? Well, at the time, I was going to Catholic school. And uh, the nuns uh, prepared you to be uh, the perfect homemaker. They did mm-hmm. not prepare you to be anything else. Um, they did not emphasize college or going to college or pursuing uh, a career. Um, they focused on the home and they had cooking classes and sewing classes and art, the drama, the glee club, those types of uh, liberal arts that they encouraged us to go into. So. Now that has changed. Now women are given more options. But in my time, we were not given a whole lot of options. We, uh, you know, being a bilingual secretary is a big deal in my in my era. And that's what I was. I became a bilingual secretary because I, I spoke Spanish as well. So uh, my mom thought that, you know, being executive bilingual secretary, oh, this is what my daughter does. It was a big deal. (laughs) But now looking back, retrospect, um, you know, I'm just glad that things have changed for women today, that they have options. Yeah, I'm I'm old enough to remember. I've I've taken some home ec classes myself. So uh, yeah. I think we're in the tradition, uh, transitional period before they ended home ec classes and when they were letting boys in home ec classes. So I learned to cook. I learned to sew. 
So always being in and around the entertainment industry, was there ever a time that you would get like stage fright? Uh, do, you, do you ever still get a little bit nervous uh, when you're on the set for the, like the first morning, like first day of school jitters or something? Oh, you, you never get rid of that. Never. Yeah. And I remember being on a show called the, the new adventures of old Christine with Julia mm -hmm. Louis Dreyfus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now she was supposed to go on and she was behind a panel that's supposed to be a school for her son and I remember that after she was going to go on, it was my turn to go on set. I remember looking up at her and she was so nervous. And this is after Seinfeld. This woman has been around a long time, but she had this intense look like, okay, I'm going to go on. She's going over her lines. You could see her, her eyeballs rolling around, remembering her lines. And I, after that, I said, geez, if she goes through that, you know, I feel okay going through that. And because mm -hmm. then everybody goes through that, even people like Julia, you know, it was amazing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I so your, the answer to your question is, yeah, even today, after what, 60 years of doing this. <laughs> And and her being that that well known and famous and experienced on Seinfeld, yeah, I've I've, I've experienced amazing. that. I've experienced that to a lesser extent, like local theater and stuff, where you're like, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this, and as soon as you go through the curtain, it's it's a whole different story, and you're just doing it because you have to. <laughs> right, yeah. you go into a, a different mode, mm -hmm. almost like you step out of yourself and you're watching yourself perform. It's the craziest thing. You're mm -hmm. watching yourself and you're giving yourself notes as you're as you're doing the acting. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's crazy, crazy feeling, <clears throat> but so yeah. uh, rewarding when when you you've accomplished it. Oh yeah, yeah. so rewarding. Can and you get to meet such wonderful people? Yeah, like, just, like like Raymond yeah. Lee, he's just a love to work with. What what was the set like? The people on the set. Tell me about your whole oh, experience. So homey, so family oriented, so so basically human. Uh, there was no tension on the set at all, no drama. <laughs> and Raymond is so down to earth. You know, he just makes you feel like, okay, let's let's play. You know, he's just a wonderful person. I was very impressed with how unaffected he is by his uh, fame right now and everything. Mm -hmm. But it's everybody says he's such a great person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, to be honest, when I met him, I thought he was the guy from Fresh Off the Boat, which was uh, <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. what's his name? Um, oh, I, I don't, I don't know, but I yeah, know who you're talking about. These two guys look so much alike. Very handsome. That, yeah. uh, that I thought that that's who it was. So mm -hmm. I said to myself, "Oh, I'm going to work with the guy from Fresh Off the Boat." Mm -hmm. uh, but no. Uh, it, once you meet him, Raymond is totally different. He's a tiny little guy. He's uh, he's just he's just a wonderful person, on camera and off camera. I have to ask: uh, in between shots, was he still wearing the heels, or did he take them off? You know, it's funny. You should bring up the heels because when I got on set, I didn't know too much about Quantum Leap, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And so he is an attorney. But I got on set and I looked down and he's wearing these heels with his suit. Mm -hmm. And I said, wait a minute, 
<laughs> wait a minute, what kind of show is this anyway <laughs> that I'm getting myself into? <laughs> but uh, now I understand, of course, when he travels back in time, he could travel back to being a woman or mm -hmm. being whatever. And mm -hmm. that's the beauty of the show. You never know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he was wearing the heels and he looked very comfortable in them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, it sounds like you had a really great experience uh, for people that have uh, limited speaking roles, but um, are like in, in the show. Uh, a lot of times uh, I, I've, I've heard that they could be felt like ignored and like unimportant on other sets. How did you feel on this set? Like, oh, did Ray, did Ray you make you feel what? welcome? I was treated like a queen. Uh my meals were brought to my trailer. What do you want, Tina? You know, I really would like scrambled eggs and sausage. That's what I really wanted <laughs> at 6 a.m. And, and you know, that's what they brought me. Wow. Scrambled eggs, sausage, coffee to my, to my trailer. I mean, come on. Mm -hmm. I mean, they just went backwards to try to please you in every way. I had a craving for chocolate about 2 p.m. <laughs> Here comes the chocolate. Wow. <laughs> <I'm a> chocolateholic. <laughs> That's I'm so happy to hear that. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Can you can you uh share uh with me and and then our listeners um and our viewers a little bit about maybe the behind the scenes of filming? Like how many days were you on on the set? I, I know it took place over the holiday, right? It was. Um I was surprised that it was all wrapped up in one day for my character. Oh, okay. Uh, but then here's here's the funny part that we don't understand fully what's going on right now and how it affects show business. I got a call that later after everything was already filmed for my character that I may have to come back and do my scenes because there was an alert of COVID affecting some of the actors. COVID had affected some actors that I was working with. And mm -hmm. so they were going to reshoot some scenes. Mm -hmm. Now, that, if you stop to think the amount of money that goes into something like that, all of the behind the camera people have to be coming back. All of the actors like myself have to be coming back. And so COVID really has affected show business that way. And I don't think a lot of people realize just how serious it is. And mm -hmm. to be tested just before we go on set and every day and before and the be day before and the day of. It's constant checking, checking, checking for COVID. Uh, um, so it's good to know, I guess, since there were no reshoots that everybody was okay. Right, right. Uh, after a couple of days went by and I didn't hear, I heard that it wasn't necessary to reshoot. I don't know what happened, but those are the things that, you know, that happen nowadays and we have to be ready to, to go mm -hmm. uh, for whatever happens. So uh, since you did one day on the episode, the filming, it kind of like uh, lets us know how they did the shooting, almost like uh, block shooting the court scenes. And so was that a long day? Cause that's, you got courtroom scenes and you have, uh, you had multiple costumes, right? And cause, and you were in the corridor. Right. Because it was, I think it was a, a period of a couple of weeks that we mm -hmm. kept going back and forth to mm -hmm. the, to the court to see if, if my grandson was going to be acquitted or he was going to present evidence and all that. So, uh, because of that, and that being 19, I think it was 19, 
85, mm-hmm. the time frame. Uh, costuming were wonderful about getting the, the costumes just right. I remember dressing like that with big shoulder pads that were in in the 80s. Um, and it was a two or three costume changes because of the days that were mm-hmm. different. And that mm. was exciting. It's amazing that they got all that done in one day because that's a lot. I know. But I guess it television, was just amazing. Right? It was click, click, like, you know, like a fine oil tune machine. It was just mm-hmm. everything organized. The wardrobe was there, your shoes, your pantyhose, everything was there ready for you to just jump into wow. them. It, it, they're very organized. Everybody um, from wardrobe to makeup to, you yeah, know, hair, hair, hair and makeup. How, how was that going through that for you? Well, you know, they went by pictures from how abuelitas looked back then because I am a grandma. And so the the universal look for grandmas, even then, even now, is a bun. Mm-hmm. You can't go wrong with the bun. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I had. I had a little bun back here. And, um, and, and that's how they handled it. Little bangs to the side with a pin, you know, very plain, uh, non-obtrusive, uh, generic look. Mm-hmm. Playing in Abuela, you had uh, two grandsons. Uh, your character had two grandsons in this uh, episode. Uh, they were probably adults, but playing younger, I'm guessing, just for shooting purposes. What was it like working with them? I, you know, I was um, I was very impressed with how professional those young men were. Uh, I looked, I, I MDB'd them. I wanted to know who I worked with. I do that whoever I work with, even yourself. Uh, (laughs) I am DB'd him. And um, they have a large resume. I mean, these Mm -hmm. were not starters. These -hmm. were not beginner kids. These were kids that had already done a lot of TV and a lot of film. So they were were giving me pointers, (laughs) which was funny. Now, my other grandson that that was with me in the bench outside, Mm -hmm. he's giving me pointers about the camera. He says, now Mm -hmm. when the camera goes up... It means we're out of focus. So you can, you can, you know, scratch your nose or whatever you have to do. <laughs> He's giving me pointers. I thought that was so cute. <laughs> um, where, where did you film the, the courtroom scenes? Was that the, like a standing set or? It was a set in the Glendale area between Glendale and, uh, in um, stadium way in that area. There's, there's, uh, I think it's Quixote, uh, Quixote, uh, uh, sounds, sound stages that are like, like a train, like one after another, after another. Mm-hmm. And that's where they shot and they have a, a particular scene that, a stage that, that looks like a, like a courtroom in there. Mm-hmm. That's very nice. Yeah. It was, it, mm-hmm. it really worked well. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Did uh, I think the was the um, director of photography Chris on this one? Did did you get any like uh, was there different like lighting setups you had to wait for, or was it like like boom boom boom? Well, I was I was very delighted to work with a female director because uh, you know being a female, yes, <laughs> Kristen Wilden, I think was her name. Kristen Wendell was her mm-hmm. name. Uh, she she was real 
real down to earth, was joking between scenes. She wasn't stressed. Uh, she just, you know, made everybody feel comfortable. She would come and chat with us between scenes. How are you guys doing? She said, you okay? Yeah, that was great. That was a great take. You know, and she was like that. When you work with people like that, you just it just makes your day go really fast and very comfortable. And, and that's what it was. She set the tone. I think the director... In every place you go and work, will set the tone for everybody else. I work with George Lucas, and he set the tone for for the the movie that I was in with him. Because if he's relaxed, then everybody's relaxed. You might have to elaborate on that. What what do you work on with George Lucas? He did a film called Red Tails, hmm. and it was about the black. Um, air pilots from the 40s oh, wow. that that um, that uh, did their training in Tuscogee, Alabama. And it was a whole, just the whole squadron was black air pilots. Now, they trained them, but they had no intention of sending them. Mm -hmm. And the reason being is because they were black. Mm -hmm. And so they went through the training mm -hmm knowing very well that they weren't going to use them. And that's what the movie's about. When they were down last in Europe through their, their last pilots, their uh, Caucasian pilots, they had to ask for the help from, from the black squadron. And they went in. This is all in history now. Mm -hmm. They went in and became heroes from what they did and how they performed. In the most awfulest of airplanes, they gave them the worst airplanes, the beef B-24s or B-52s or wherever they were, they painted their tails red, which right there, the, it'll tell you if they were going to be surrounded by Germans, they weren't too inclined to help him out. Let's just say it that way. Mm -hmm. And um, if you ever see the movie Red Tails, I play an Italian lady because it all takes place in Italy where oh. the base camp was. And I play an Italian lady and my daughter falls in love with David Oyolowo. David played uh, Martin Luther King in 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 the in the movie. I think it was it was Martin. the 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 name mm -hmm. of the film was Martin or something like mm -hmm. that, where he played Martin Luther King. Mm -hmm. uh, Oprah was wow. behind that movie a hundred percent, and so David uh, played my daughter's beau in the movie Red Tails. Very cool. I've I've never heard of that, and now I'm so interested. I think I know what I'm watching tonight. So I think you like find it. That a lot of somewhere. people. Yeah. A lot of people say that it's corny because of the dialogue. But George Lucas mm -hmm. made a comment that he he made the dialogue to sound like the comic books that he remembers reading as a boy, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is okay. Now it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh, as we're uh, leaving, um. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about um, upcoming projects you might have? People can see you in other things. Well, I did a film called George and Dorothy about two elderly people in a home. These two elders, they can't get along. They're just bumped. One, Dorothy is just vivacious and friendly. And George is just an old sourpuss. And it's about their relationship. Even in the home, you have issues. So that's a movie coming up called George and Dorothy. But thank you for asking. Nice. 
I like that. Okay. And uh, lastly, um, may I ask you just like your uh, overall impression of being a part of Quantum Leap and your time on Quantum Leap? The feeling you oh, came. Oh, I with. just had a wonderful time, and I wish that there was a recurring role for Abuela, but I don't think there will be. <laughs> but yeah, my 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 um my experience was just wonderful. I thank everybody mm -hmm. on set, in front and behind the camera, and um and it was just a great a great opportunity for me. Well, I really enjoyed uh, watching the episode and seeing you in it. So uh, thank you, Tina well, thank DeMarco. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, this is Matt. Welcome back to the Quantum Leap podcast. Uh, today on the show, we're really excited to have none other than Deandra Lyle, also known as ADA Vicky Davis from the latest episode of the series. Deandra, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for your time today. I know we're, we're going to get all into the stuff about Quantum Leap. We really can't wait to, to talk about uh, the character and, uh, and your experiences on set. But could you start off by just giving me a bit of background about yourself, how you got into the business, um, what, what's kind of taken you through your career so far? Yeah, so uh, I kind of had a non-traditional route into the business. I didn't plan on being an actor. I, it didn't, I didn't oh. choose it, it chose me. So in my former life, I was a recreational therapist at a psych hospital. So that's, I got my degree in therapeutic recreation, my minor in social work, and I worked with, you know, at-risk youth, children in the system, and then at the hospital, children age four through adult with a lot of, you know, mental health, you know, challenges and everything like that. So that's what I did in my former life. And uh, the acting bug really didn't, I guess, start biting me until... Let me see, I took a class my last semester of college just for fun, and it was good. My, my teacher said I did well and I should consider it, but, you know, I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not thinking about acting. So fast forward several years, it continued to sit in the back of my, my spirit, and, uh, and when I got laid off in 2008 from my therapist job, I decided to try acting at age 30. So that was kind of a, <laughs> again, I was in Chicago at the time, uh, and I'm from Iowa originally. So I'm a little Midwestern girl and mm -hmm. I was, you know, a, a mom at that point. I had a daughter. I think she was 2009. She might have been like six or seven. And I said, hey, when one door closes, another one opens. So let's try this hacking thing. And uh, and here I am years later. And I've, I've been really blessed to be able to uh, do work on almost all the major networks. And uh, I've done lots of different roles. I've done comedy. I've done drama. I've had all this fun. And and I'm just, you know, riding the wave. I'm enjoying it. So that's kind of how that's the abbreviated version of how I got my start. <laughs> that's that's. I I love those inspirational stories about being able to pivot in a in a moment of crisis. That's that's great. Did you did you sort of have to to train up for it, or did you just start auditioning and learning as you go? Because I imagine that at that point you, it must have been quite a. A moment of, okay, if I'm going to do this, I've got to do this right now. Yeah, I mean, quickly. I'm not classically trained. So, you know, I don't have a BFA and MFA. I didn't, um, I've not experienced in the theater or the different methods and things like that. But, you know, I think everybody's gift mm. is different. And I still work at developing my craft and my instrument. So I have taken various classes over the years, you know, audition techniques, uh, scene studies. I've done improv. I, I actually trained at Second City Chicago Improv. So that's the original Second City. So I did wow. do a year long program there uh, early in my career. And, um, and yeah, so I just, I still work on, you know, 
honing my craft and, 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 you know, when I need to go to class, I will go to class or I'll coach with somebody, but you know, too, I just really, I think being in my uh, former career, dealing with a lot of like psychological things that really helps me with characters. I can understand mm-hmm. a lot of the dynamics of what's going on beneath the layers. So that helps me and just understanding, you know, human nature. So I, I always tell people, watch how you do things. You know, if you're getting up, how do you brush your hair? How do you put your clothes on? How do you feel when you're hot, when you're cold, you know, or or watch other people, you know, across the room and pay attention to their body language. You can really see how they feel about each other or what kind of mood they're in. And, And those are all the types of things that we bring to acting. Right. So it's just kind of like you can learn constantly by just paying attention and being, you know, um, observant. So, uh, yeah, so not classically trained, um, but I still work at it. And, you know, again, like you said, it's like if I'm going to do this, I got to at least be prepared. I can't just jump in. I respect the craft, you know, with anything that I do. I I respect it. So Mm. you have to do your due diligence. Very important. So you started, um, you started looking at different roles. What would you say, um, out of everything you've done? Cause I, I can see from your resume, you've, you've done a whole bunch. What, what's your kind of, what was your breakout role where you were like, okay, I've arrived now? You know what's funny is I don't know if you ever feel like you, you've arrived because it's always, you know, you, you just, I always tell people I've not, I haven't made it. I'm making it. It's continual. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So every step is something new. It's a, a new challenge. Mm-hmm. The, the you know, different roles, different uh, size roles, you know? So, you know, in the beginning, it's like, you know, that first co-star was a major achievement for me. You know, that mm-hmm. was, okay, I'm starting to make it, right? I'm making it. And then going from a co-star to a guest star, and then going from a guest star to a recurring guest star. And then, you know, I've been very fortunate that I'm able to say I've reached series reg status, you know? So, each level has its own, you know, um, its own, it's its own success. It's its own victory. It's its own breakout. You're arriving in different ways constantly. So I think, you know, I've been fortunate to continue to grow and continue to climb up that ladder. And I hope it continues, you know, but there's no guarantee. So I'm just enjoying it. But yeah, I, I, to answer your question, not any particular role. It's just continuing to work and to continue to do good work. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it's a, it's a healthy attitude, and it, it's an attitude that's led you to this this role on Quantum Leap. So, what can you tell me about um, how you found out about the role, the auditioning process, and um, your first thoughts when you saw the script? Well, uh, this was an interesting situation because the director, Kristen Wendell, she uh, has actually directed several episodes yeah. on the Disney show that I'm on. So, I've known her for the last couple of years, uh, and we also have a mutual friend outside of the business. Uh, but she actually contacted me and she said, Hey, uh, I'm going to request you to audition for this role. And she was getting ready to direct the episode. And I mean, you still, I still had to audition, you know, but she was like, Hey, I'm going to throw your name in the hat. And, and I remember when I initially looked at the role and it said, I think like late twenties. And I was like, Ooh, I don't know if I can play late twenties, but you know, it was one of those things where, you know, it's the world of pretend. So they can change the specs and they can do things. And it took, it takes place in 1985. So you know, I threw on an old Halloween wig that I had, you know, to give me some 80s style hair and, uh, and you know, figured out an outfit and felt as 80s as I could. And, and I just gave it a go. And, and I really, I really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm more of a character actor. So I really like getting into the different looks, into the different feels and vibes of these characters. So to do this kind of period piece, you know, that's a period piece makes it sound like it's really ancient, but 80s, I mean, they've been, it's a while ago. 
100 years ago, right? Um, but, you know, to I do know. more of a period. I don't know when the 80s became period, but yeah, it's horrible. Look, and I wore my little 80s shirt just so you know, I, I wore this for today because it's 80s style. So, um, but I was around in the 80s. And, uh, and so anyways, I was just really excited about doing that type of role set in that period. And, uh, you know, the role itself was, you know, it's an attorney and, and I've played attorneys before. It's, it's kind of in my wheelhouse, but it was just written beautifully. The storyline is a, it's a really strong one. I think it's great too for, um, you know, National Women's Month or International Women's Month too, um, and empowering women. But, uh, but yeah, so I auditioned and then, you know, a few days later she said, Hey, we get to work together again. And the studio and, and, and networks approved and you did great. And so, you know, she didn't give me the job, but she helped, you know, get me over there to be considered for the job. So it was fun. And I got to work with Kristen again and I got to meet an amazing uh, cast and crew on Quantum Leap. So it was great. Yeah, let's let's talk about the the casting because um, you obviously um, you you had to develop quite a a, a lived in relationship with um, Raymond's character. How much time did you get? Because I, I know network TV very fast turnaround time. How much opportunity did you get from getting the script to that first day filming to actually work on how how to build let's that? See, I think I sent the audition in on a Thursday. I got word Monday that I booked it and we shot that all in Thursday, like a few days later. Um, so I think I wow. got the okay. script Monday or Tuesday, like a few, you know, a few days before we started shooting. So, you yeah. know, and then I didn't meet Ray, Ray until, you know, we got set and it's time to work. So it helps when you have castmates around you that are very welcoming that are very, I mean, Ray is just so down to earth. I mean, he's an mm. amazing, I know you spoke with him. He's just amazing, you know, and everybody on there is. So I felt welcome from the, you know, from the jump and it was very comfortable and we could just get in there and play. I had a good understanding of my character and, and it was written well. So for me, like when things are written well, it's very easy to retain. It's, it's easy to just, you know, ingest that so you can live it. Uh, so all those factors made it a really easy transition to be able to just jump in and go. But yeah, not a lot of prep time, you know, you don't get like, and, and they're constantly shooting. And I mean, Ray, I mean, bless him, like the amount of characters and roles and things he's playing, you know, in these consecutive ep episodes is like mind blowing, but he does it so well and with ease. So yeah, it was not a lot of prep time, but you know, we made it happen. And, and all those things helped make it much easier. One of the things I, I wanted to ask about, and this, <laughs> this might come from left field now because I'm always really interested in the actor's process and that kind of, that, that thought process. And now you said you, you're not classically trained. You're kind of self-taught. So one of the things that really sells Ray as being a woman, and it's not something that we've seen in this series at all yet. The, the observation I'm about to make, it's something we rarely saw when in the original series, when Sam leapt into a woman, the, relationship that you built with him you weren't just looking at him like he was a romantic partner you were looking at him like he was a female romantic partner and there was a there was a real tenderness in the way you interacted with each other and i know i i put some nice things about you on instagram and we we conversed a little bit after that and it was mostly because of that 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 was the stuff that just made me really sit up and go wow i really believe that ray has leapt into a woman because all of this work that you were doing around him, and I'm just wondering how conscious a decision that was. Were you making different choices than you would have done if you were romantically involved with a man? And how on earth did you manage to pass that in your <laughs> head when you're standing opposite a man? Uh, that's a really good question and a really good thing to think about. Um, honestly, 
it really didn't matter who it was, if it was a man or a woman for me. And it didn't really register. Like I knew it was Ray, but I think at the end of the day, you're connecting with the human spirit and, and it's about that love and that connection. So it doesn't matter what form that's in. You know what I'm saying? If you love somebody, if you care about somebody, that there's no color, there's no gender, there's no, you know, any of that. Uh, so for me, it was just kind of like, okay, this is my person that I care about. I love this person. I'm in a relationship with this person. And that to me is going to, is not going to be any different regardless if it's a man or a woman, if that makes sense. Um, but I, it, it's weird because I really didn't consider it. It was never really a thought. I just, it was just, it was just that being that, you know, my character was opposite. It wasn't Ray. It wasn't, you know, Aleda, you know, the female was just my person. So I think I just stayed in that world and, 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 you know, Mm. believe that. Yeah, that um, no, that's fair. That makes sense. That just surprises me because a few of us have spoken about that, and and we noticed the kind of the the tenderness that the two of you have together just seem to go beyond uh, the traditional male female relationship. Uh-huh. So even if you weren't conscious of doing it, um, it 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 comes out. And I think when you see the episode uh, on Monday, um, hopefully you'll, oh, you'll see and that. I, and I love hearing that. Like I'm so glad that it translated like that. And I think that that's really important, really for a lot of us to see. You know the state of the world right now, there's so many, you know, the politics and all the pushback on who should be Mm. with who and how things are supposed to be and this and that. And it's like, like I said, at the end of the day, love is love. I don't, you know, I like, it blows my mind that people think there have to be conditions or certain, you know, frameworks to classify Mm. how it's supposed to be, you know? And, and I think, yeah, I'm glad that it came across like that. And two, again, having Ray to be opposite against, he is very inviting, very warm, very comfortable. I felt like I've known him for a long time. So that really, that adds to that connection and makes it a lot easier. So maybe, maybe just opening up a bit more, more widely, what else can you tell me about the atmosphere on, on the set generally? I mean, this, this was obviously some of the scenes you were involved in were very high stakes, high drama, courtroom stuff. You said you, you've got experience of that before. How did this compare to anything you've done in the past? Well, you know, uh, I think one thing that's helped me with when it comes to the legal atmosphere in that world, when it comes to attorneys and stuff like that, one of the classes that I took uh, several years ago, our teacher really worked on our wheelhouse. So characters and roles that we would maybe be inclined to go out for. So I I do tend to go in for really strong kind of, (laughs) it's my persona, you know, I'm naturally have a strength about me. So, you know, like attorneys or police officers, detectives, things like that. Those come pretty naturally for me. So, you know, having worked on those types of things in class, um, I did an episode of Chicago Justice years ago and I was an attorney and we were in a courtroom and, you know, I had to be very like, with all due respect, Your Honor, you know, it's like really those types of things, being in that space and Mm -hmm. having experienced it made it more comfortable now to go back into a courtroom, you know, on a set and go, okay, this is the feel of it. And honestly, too, for me, when I get into my character, when I'm in my, you know, my clothing, my wardrobe, when we're sitting at that desk on opposing counsel and the judge is there and we have our, you know, legal documents, I feel like I'm in that world, you know? So it lends itself to yeah. believing that and feeling that, you know, it's almost like a cheat. You're like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm totally, you know, an attorney right now and doing all attorney things, all yeah. respect to actual attorneys. Cause I know I did, have not done the 
schooling for it. It's way more than what I've done. But yeah, I think those types of things have helped prepare me for those moments and just being able to live it and, and to be it, you know, and again, the writing and everything like that lends itself to it too. So yeah. How did you find that obviously Quantum Leap, uh, quite a unique show in the fact that it's effectively creating a movie each week with a whole different scenario. It's getting towards the end of its first season now. Do, did you sense any kind of challenges behind the scenes or did you think perhaps that they'd got more into a, a rhythm now? Cause this is what episode 15, 16. Listen, the whole production cast and crew is a well-oiled machine from what I experienced. Everybody felt in sync. Everyone was pleasant to be around. Everyone was welcome. It, there was a lot of just magic there. And a lot of that stems from the people that are at the top. So you have your producers, you have your showrunner, you have your you know creators, you have Ray as the lead, as number one. And their energy and their nature is just so relaxing and calm and laid back and pleasant. And so that's really has a trickle down effect on the whole production. Cause I've been around places before I used to do crew work. I was a stand in for a couple of years and I've seen when things get really stressed okay. and you know, it's a stressful environment always, Yeah. but you can either let it affect you and then it just affects everybody's domino effect. And then it's just, everybody's barking at everybody else and there's just stress and everybody's trying to hurry. And it's just like, ah, or you can go, okay, we got to get in and get out. We got to do what we got to do, but we're all here because we love what we do. We're all here to have fun. Cause I think that's the most important thing. And we're going to make it happen. So when you have these positive attitudes at the top, you can't help but have a nice effect on everybody else. So for me, it was a great, great family to be a part of. I was kind of sad because my character can't come back. I'm like, oh, um, I would like to come back on some more episodes, but I'm like, how am I going to do that? Because I'm back in 1985. So I can't really do that. You know, maybe I'm a, a, a leaper too. That's why I try to give them some storylines or something maybe. <laughs> but uh but no, it's absolutely. Why not? Right. I mean, you could do anything, right? Uh, but no, it was. They they do very well over there, and uh, it's no wonder that they're as successful as they are, and that they're already going into season two, and, and they got that early renewal. So I really mm. hope it keeps going because they they deserve it. Yeah, it's everything we've heard um, suggested it's going well. So it uh, wasn't really a leading question as such. I was just just wondering if you'd you'd experience that as well. And you mentioned about the family. Obviously, again, the kind of unique setup that Quantum Leap's got. Uh, it's it's mostly a whole new cast. Um, I guess you got the chance to interact with with Ray and Nanrissa, but any, anyone else you would have interacted with would have been brand new right, as well. Um, I, I, Can you talk about that? Yeah, I did how, meet how, um, Caitlin, who plays Addison. So we, Caitlin, you know, she was yeah. there for couples. I mean, we were kind of like ships passing, but I think there was like maybe one scene she was in, but I saw her a couple of days, and she was a sweetheart. Uh, she was amazing, but again, there I can say nothing, nothing bad about anyone over there. All good. I hope they do this because yeah, they can tip me well for saying those things. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but that that family atmosphere you talked about that was reflected in the rest of the guest cast as well. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, it just felt comfortable. You know, everybody was. Just, I remember sitting around uh, in between takes, and we'd be in holding area and. Everybody's just, you know, hey, how are you? Where are you from? Like, what's your journey? What's and it just, it it, it feels like family. So even like Edward, who played biker Stewart, like 
we're now all connected. We are always interacting on Instagram. And I'm like, we sat down at lunch and we had this long talk. And I'm like, oh, oh that's good. That's my boy. I'm like, hey, we're family now, you know. And, and then Rissa, we had great talks. Ray, we had great talks. All, all of the guest cast that, because I, I think I was around most of the guest cast, not all of them, but um, I worked six days. So hmm. you know, at some point we were kind of in the same area and everybody was great and everybody was supportive of everybody else and just happy to be there. So there was magic there. Have you um have you been keeping up uh with with the show generally? Uh, have you been watching the show as it's been on? I haven't watched. I've been meaning to watch. I've seen pieces of it, and I've had quite a few friends of mine who have been on other shows prior. So it's fun. It's fun to see, yeah, all these people uh, that I've known that have been on different episodes, and it's cool to be like part of the Quantum Leap family now. But I know it's a great show. I just have to sit down and like fully watch because like. I'm usually in the house with like music on or something. So it's funny because I work in television and film and I really, I don't watch a lot of television and film. I don't know what sense that makes, but <laughs> I know it's a great show and I do look forward to actually sitting down and watching all the episodes. <laughs> you have a couple of weeks left and then you can, and then you can binge it. Um, only 18 of them. Yeah. It's, a, it's a day. So before we start um, wrapping up and talking about the future, is is there anything else about your experience on Quantum Leap that you'll that perhaps you've not talked about or you'll take forward with you? I just had such a really good experience. It was I have been on a Disney show for the last few years. Um, so this and another show that I just mm. completed were my first jobs in outside of my Disney show in a while. So it was just really nice to be able to come in as a guest and feel right at home. And everything felt authentic there from the people to the looks, to the environment, to everything else. And, and everything, I think even in having conversations, you know, if I had a question to, with the director or the writer or, you know, a producer about something that had to do with the character or the situation, everybody was open to have discussions. Mm. Um, and to be supportive because everybody wants the product to be real and truthful and, you know, authentic. So it was great. I can't really, I, I continue to sing the praises of that show. I want them to win for a long time and <laughs> keep going. And I'm glad that I had the opportunity to be a part of it because it was really, really special. And I, it definitely going to be a wonderful memory for me in my career. So yeah, I just, I love, I loved it. And I also, do love the diversity of it, you know, with Raymond being mm. lead with Nanrissa. I mean, you just have a great diverse cast and it's not about race or color. They're people. And I think that every single one of them is relatable. Everyone's going to be able to relate to them just as people. And I think that that's important to see. So they're doing a beautiful job with that. I hope that continues. Absolutely. Great words, thank you. Um, you. You say you you don't watch TV much. Are you going to be watching this one on Monday night? I'm going to watch this one. I'm really. Do excited. you watch yourself at least? I, you, well, you know what's funny is most of the times when something airs because we're in in California, so we're on the West Coast, so everything will air like ahead of time anywhere east of here. So I'm from Iowa, which is in the Midwest and the Central Time Zone, and then I have people you know on the East Coast, which is uh, three hours ahead. So like. A lot of family and friends will watch stuff, and then as soon as they're watching it before it's airing here, they'll be recording my scenes or like taking pictures of me, and then they'll put it on social media. You know, so there's some people like, oh, nice. I don't really need to watch the show because I've already seen, I've seen my, my scenes already. You know, so no, but uh, 
I, I am really looking forward to watching this one just overall because I want to see everybody's work and see how the story came together. And I don't have anything going on tomorrow night, so I'm actually going to watch it live. But yeah, I and when I watch things, honestly, when I watch shows that I'm in, it never feels like I'm watching me. It feels like I'm watching that character. It's a very third person thing for me. So even when I would speak about the character, I'd be like, well, she, you know, she, 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 talking about like Vicki Davis. It doesn't, it's not me, it's mm-hmm. that character. So uh, in essence, when I watch it, I, I watch to, you know, be a spectator and see, was that believable? Did I believe that character? Did I believe that moment? It, I'm not really critiquing my work, me as Deandra. It's just, was Vicky being lived? So, um, but yeah, I look forward to watching it. I can't wait. I'm going to watch it live. Right. <laughs> and I think you, you will find that the character was being lived. I think you'll enjoy it. Can we, um, yeah, maybe talk just uh, a little bit about the future. Where else uh, Leapers can see you? Because there's bound to be new fans of you that come out of this episode. What's the best place to find you? As for shows, I am on the Disney Channel show Secrets of Sulphur Springs. Our third season airs March 24th. It premieres March 24th, so in a couple weeks. And uh, we were just nominated for an Emmy, actually, uh, this year. We didn't win, but we were nominated, wow. which is amazing. And, uh, and so, yeah, I've been on that all three seasons. We shoot New Orleans. It's great. And that's a really an amazing show that adults love just as much as kids. Uh, so that comes up pretty soon. And then I actually am doing a recurring role on Bel Air season two, which is on Peacock. And so, mm-hmm. which is in the NBC family. So <laughs> I shot Bel Air and Quantum at the same time. So I'll be doing five episodes on the new season of Bel Air. And I think my episode, my entry starts in a couple weeks on the 23rd, I think on that show. So those are a couple more things you can catch me on, on TV. And outside of that, you know, I'm just looking for the next job. I'm, I'm ready for hire. Should anybody be looking for an actress? I'm here and, uh, and I'm on the socials. If you want to come hang out in my little world, that's where you can find me. Fantastic. Well, I know your Instagram handle, um, so we'll put that in the show notes uh, so people can find you. And um, yeah, hopefully they'll they'll check out your your other shows as well. But for now, I just want to say again, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, it's been a real pleasure talking to you and hearing more about yeah, your experiences. Thank you for having me. This is wonderful. I had a great time.